The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Hey, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. You are so deserving of all the joy and juiciness you can stand. I'm Lisa McCourt of Joy School, and this is Do Joy, the Vibration Elevation Podcast. Let's do some joy. Hi, my darling Do Joy listeners. I'm wondering if your heart, like mine, is feeling extra heavy right now. Since you're here, and that means you're in my tribe, I'm going to assume that you feel things deeply that you are an empath to some extent, and that you feel the pain of others in your own heart and soul. It's hard to see the atrocities happening in Ukraine without allowing that to lower our vibration. So I wanted to remind you this week that it's more than okay to feel sadness when sadness is warranted and to feel anger when anger is justified. And in general, to allow every emotion natural to us human creatures to be there and flow through us without judgment or impediment. And the next thing to remember is that our attention is our reality creation hose. Wherever we're pointing it, that's what we're watering. That's what's going to grow. I can't help but notice that it's interesting from an energetic standpoint that we humans have been collectively, globally upset and anxious for several years now about a virus we couldn't seem to control. And at the very precipice of the moment that might warrant worldwide celebration and joy, the moment of the long-awaited end to that years-long nightmare, at that very moment, there's a new horrible situation for the whole world to stay anxious and worried about. And I say interesting, not from a detached, uncaring position, but really to establish the energetic overview from which we can be most effective in bringing about what it is that we all want a collective humanity free to experience peace and joy. The human collective is just a macrocosm of your personal microcosm. So imagine right now that there's a faucet on your forehead, right at your third eye, 
with a garden hose attachment on it. You send your attention out into the world through this hose. Everything that's in your life is a seed, the good and the bad. Whatever you're giving your attention to, those are the seeds you're watering. That's what's going to grow for you. Those are the seedlings that will sprout into the next specifics of your reality if you water them enough. If you've got a problem and you put a lot of focus and attention on resisting that problem, talking about how bad it sucks, looking for people to blame, all you're doing is watering the hell out of that seed. Even if you eventually struggle through this particular issue, hating every second of it, and somehow you wrangle it under control, you've watered the seeds of the essence of the problem. So just like weeds around it, more of the same vibrational essence problem is just going to keep popping up. It's why people tend to keep repeating their hard luck stories by experiencing the same flavor of unhealthy relationship patterns or the same financial difficulties, the same health issues. Whenever you develop a strong negative feeling about an experience and put a lot of resistance into experiencing it, as opposed to welcoming any natural emotions that arise and looking for the lesson or the gift in it, you strengthen the seemingly magnetic force that brought it to you in the first place. What if the only thing stopping you in your personal microcosm from creating your ideal reality is your failure to conjure up an ideal story seed for yourself that you can believe in long enough to water it with the requisite amount of your attention. And if that's the case in the microcosm, it's true in the macrocosm as well. What if the only thing holding humanity back from evolving into the love-based, peaceful, fair, communal world that so many of us have been envisioning is our inability to hold that vision with enough authentic faith and focus to water it with the requisite amount of our attention. It's the attention that creates everything and always. So here's my suggestion for what to do with the intense sorrow that we're all feeling for the Ukrainian people. Send your love, your healing, your resources, whatever feels right and natural for you to do in a boots on the ground kind of way. And then use your deliberate power of intention to direct your mind to what's possible. See whatever good you wish upon Ukrainians. See it clearly in your mind's eye. And I believe when we're able to pull our focus way back it's even possible to find the gift. It's easy to get sucked into a stance that says, this is just more proof that the world sucks and people suck and we're all powerless to do anything about it. That's certainly an understandable perspective from where we're all sitting. But I'm inviting you into a bigger picture perspective. Here's what I see. In myriad ways, these recent turbulent years exemplify humanity's shadow coming up to the surface. It's got to come up to the surface if we're going to be able to heal it. 
the vibrancy of the Black Lives Matter movement, for instance, to me, is humanity's cleanup attempt on some long unfinished business. There's no debating that fairness and equality for African descent people had come a long way from where it started in this country, but our now more highly evolved selves looked around and said, that's not enough. We need to get the situation improved. It's still big time not right. And so we had tragedies like the murder of George Floyd that allowed new, important, long overdue progress to be made by stirring up people's attention so that that buildup of attention could be used to move things forward. I see many similarities between the Black Lives Matter movement and the Me Too movement. For as long as there have been men and women in this country, men have raped women and used their power to dominate women, keep them in subservient second-class positions to men. That was just the way it was, similar to how horrific injustice for African Americans used to just be the way it was. And there was a powerful women's movement a few decades ago that helped that situation tremendously. But then, just in the last few years, our now more highly evolved selves looked around and said, no, that's not good enough. Things are still not right. And the events of the Me Too movement, while they were horrible for us to witness and and see, these events occurred so that those ugly shadow pieces could be brought up into the light so that we could collectively as humans use our combined attention to move forward once again toward a more fair, peaceful, compassionate existence for all people. I work a lot with the LGBTQ community, and while there are still tremendous strides to be made there and a lot more hurdles to clear, I do see continual evidence that progress is moving in the right direction, even when some egregious attempts to block that progress pop up into existence. It's all just humanity's shadow coming up and all of its ugliness so that it can be cleared and we can move forward. I'm giving you these examples because it's my belief that sometimes really awful things need to come up into the light of our awareness in order for the right amount of energy to be stirred up collectively for a course correction. If we look back over history, It's easy to see that violent conquering is the way nations have historically been birthed and built. War, brutal takeovers that result in one side winning, that's what fills the history books of we human animals. The fact that today, right now, when that old school way of deciding who gets to rule what looks and feels completely unacceptable to the vast, vast majority of global citizens who are watching this atrocity unfold, that's progress. That's proof that we have evolved and are continually evolving in the direction of being higher consciousness, fair, compassionate creatures. Yes, it is absolutely tragic that this is happening. And, and I believe we can pull our focus back enough to also see all the beauty and goodness that is being birthed from it. All the sanctions, the widespread global disgust with Putin, all the declarations of we're not going to play with Russia anymore, no matter what shakes out from that. All of this is evidence of the overwhelming good of humanity. A few centuries back, this would have just been business as usual, but we have evolved since then. So it's a matter of revulsion to the vast, vast majority of people on the planet.
It's my belief that the best thing any of us can do in this situation is focus on the microcosm, understanding that it's our most powerful avenue for affecting the macrocosm. It's that old adage, be the change you wish to see in the world. I think it was Gota who said, if we all swept our own doorstep, the whole world would be clean. Instead of falling into despair and helplessness, use this tragedy to enforce your own commitment to bringing all the compassion and fairness and justness that you can into your own inner world where you talk to yourself with that voice in your head and to the world immediately around you. From the pulled way back perspective, we're headed in the right direction, y'all, I am certain. Keep your energy hose pointed in that direction and you will be powerfully watering the seeds of a better world. It's become pretty apparent that the road to this better world is gonna be a bumpy one with some stuff that really, really sucks along the way. But keep your eye on the prize which isn't to suggest that you ignore atrocities, certainly provide help and assistance in any way that feels right to you, but then focus on solutions. Don't drown in perceived helplessness because you are not powerless. You are unlimited in the power you possess to create a better world for all of us moving forward. To that end, for your home play this week, I wanna offer a practice that we do in Joy School that'll help you keep your vibration elevated during these really trying times. It's an extension to the namaste lens practice that we recently did, but it's, it's a little bit different. For me, this practice goes all the way back to my 20s when I was eyeballs deep in Buddhism. When I was in college, I convinced the awesome head of psychology at Drew University, Barbara Stone, bless her, to let me create a fully credited independent study course on the overlap between traditional Buddhist wisdom and contemporary metaphysical thought, which if you've studied both, you know there's quite a bit of overlap there. And a big thing in Buddhism is cultivating what they call the qualities of the heart. One of the four biggies, of course, is metta, loving kindness, which we've talked about on this podcast before. The one that we're gonna focus on this week is the practice of mudita, also known as shared joy or relational joy or sympathetic joy. Mudita is described as an inner wellspring of joy that is always available in all circumstances. The basic gist is that happiness can be found when we direct our attention to finding it. And we don't need to limit ourselves to witnessing our own happiness. We can witness the happiness of others as a way to elevate our own joy. It's kind of like a, a shortcut, a hack. Because often it's easier to spot other people's good fortune than it is to acknowledge our own good fortune. According to the idea of Mudita, there's always positivity all around us. There's always love all around us. Most of us just block it to different degrees with our beliefs, our filters, habituated thinking, all those biases that I always talk about that get stuck in our filter. So the way that this is a bit of a hack is that to have positive feelings on behalf of another, basically to send positivity to another, it has to flow through us on the way. We're being the conduit for it. So it has to come through us, it puts us in the flow. 
and it kind of tricks your energy system into thinking you've got a surplus. It's like when you donate money, how that triggers a feeling of abundance, which then of course is gonna lead to more abundance. Same with positive energy, giving it away sends your consciousness the message that you have a surplus within you, that you have it to spare. Thich Nhat Hanh, who recently made his journey from this plane, said that developing the skill of feeling joy for others' joy is a way to plant a garden inside of you, in your interior. And then that garden becomes a resource for you, a refuge during challenging times. So Mudita is done by calling to mind a person, a being, and imagining their joy. It could be a pet even. This is typically super easy for pet owners because we all can appreciate how watching a happy animal play can lift our own spirits, right? That's like a no-brainer example. There are YouTube channels built around this. So you call to mind this being and you mentally send them a phrase. In the traditional language, some of the phrases sound like, may your happiness and good fortune continue. May they increase, may they never wane. To keep it simple for today, we're gonna choose between the two following phrases. You'll either say, I'm so happy that you're happy, or I'm so grateful for your blessings. And I'll say them again when we start our little demo so you can feel into which one feels the most natural for you. It's a powerful way to open up our felt sense of oneness. I know I've been talking about oneness a lot with y'all recently. It's just one of those concepts that we've all paid lip service to. We all know what it means. We might fundamentally agree with the idea in our intellectual way. This practice lets us do oneness. And it's the doing that creates vibration elevation for us and for others. Not the learning, not the intellectual agreement, but doing it again and again. So let's get into the specific mudita practice of shared joy. It's basically a guided meditation, so I'll talk you through it now. You can close your eyes if you're in a good spot for that, or you can keep them open and just soften your gaze out in front of you if that's what you like to do. Get comfortable, get grounded in your seat. A quick, easy way to get grounded is always to just bring your attention to your feet you can do that anytime you want to feel more settled in your body in any kind of an anxious situation, any stressful moment. Just feel your feet solid and heavy on the floor. Maybe imagine them melting into the floor even. And you want to register the contact your sits bones are making with whatever's holding you right now. Feel that support. As your sits bones are rooting down, you can think of the center of your chest lifting slightly so the collarbones can spread wide and the back of the head anchors with the spine, chin level to the ground. And then just imagine the crown of your head lifting up toward the ceiling. Whatever's underneath you, you wanna to start to feel like it's a nest for your hips and pelvis. So you're sitting tall with the crown of your head rising up and then just find your breath. And for a moment, just even out the lengths of the inhales and the exhales. Just a gentle breath technique that Buddhists call the breath of equal measure to connect you, mind and body, with your awareness. You can listen to the sound of your breath or observe the ambient noise in your room just to center you in the present moment. 
And then after your next exhale, let your breath return to natural, normal, no doing. And now I want you to invite into your awareness someone for whom it's easy for you to feel joy. It's usually easiest to think of someone you already perceive as joyful or someone very dear to you. If you're a parent, we all get happiness from seeing our kids happy, right? And now picture this joyful person or animal in your mind's eye, or you can just bring their energy into your awareness if you prefer that to a visual conceptualization. And once you have them there, drop down to the center of your chest into your heart space and with your lips closed silently to yourself, repeat one of the following phrases, directing the energy toward this being. The phrase is either, I'm so happy that you're happy, or I'm so grateful for your blessings. Whichever one feels better to you. I'm just giving you a little taste of mudita now, but when you're doing it on your own, you'll want to gently repeat this phrase for several minutes while you keep this person in your awareness. So for our little quickie version, you can let that person's image or energy dissolve now. And the next person you'd bring in, according to the traditional sequence, would be a benefactor. Someone who's supported you in some way, been there for you, given to you. Same drill, you'll picture them and offer them your phrase. Just observe any sensations that come up as you bring this person into your awareness. Again, when you're doing it on your own, you'll want to spend several minutes with the benefactor. But since we're doing the Spark Notes version now, you can let this person's image or energy dis dissolve. And I invite you to drop all doing this, just sit in your awareness, feeling and allowing. And then as you're ready, if your eyes were closed, you can open them. Give yourself a little stretch. That was Mudita. And that was really just the first few steps. We rushed them quite a bit. In the traditional sequence, you'd create a progression and it would go in terms of your immediate gut feelings toward the person. You'd next go to someone neutral and then maybe a stranger. And eventually, after you'd been practicing for a while, you'd build up to picturing someone who was truly challenging for you to be happy for. With eventual mastery of the practice, you'd develop impartiality so that sympathetic joy is extended on behalf of all beings, yourself included, important, important one to include. And when you reach that level, it's just a really beautiful practice and definitely you know, becomes more and more natural the more you do it. So this week's home play will be about bringing Mudita into your regular life in easy ways. And you know, like always, there are different levels you can go to with it at the most basic level. Now that we've talked about it and you had a taste, you'll probably automatically think of it a few times this week when you see someone demonstrating joy. Maybe you'll remember to mentally send them the message, I'm so happy that you're happy. And then just notice how it truly does elevate your own vibration to put your attention there on their happiness. The next level would be to deliberately field test it where you'd set an intention when you wake up to go find people to do mudito with throughout your day. 
standing in line at the grocery store next to that drooling kid in the cart with the cookie, you'd project, I'm so happy that you're so happy with that cookie. Just silently in your head. You don't have to get creepy about it. You pull up to a red light. You can't miss the big, vibrant energy of the generously pierced teen rocking out to super loud music in the car next to you. And you beam, I'm so happy that you're happy playing your music there. Of course, the people in your household are going to be easy to be happy for, most likely. You might even want to say it out loud to them. We all already do this to some extent, so the idea is that whatever your baseline default is for being genuinely happy for others, you consciously, deliberately crank it up this week. When you deliberately look for it, there is always someone to be happy for. If you can't find anyone, turn on the TV to some random stupid sitcom and spend a moment thinking about how hard it is to break into TV for a new actor. And imagine the moment when that actor got the call saying they'd been cast in that show and how over the moon excited they must have been. And when you've got that feeling solid in your heart, you can send the phrase, I'm so grateful for your blessings. There are times when I'm grateful for your blessings is a better fit than I'm happy you're happy. I'm thinking of an example where a friend calls you and they've got a big problem and you hear them out. They're not really especially happy, so I'm happy that you're happy doesn't really work in this case. You might wrap up the call by holding the highest vision for your friend and saying something like, I know you've got this. You're resourceful and resilient. You've got XYZ going for you. And then when you hang up, you can focus on that highest vision that you're holding for them which is always the best thing you can do for anyone energetically and silently send the message. I'm grateful for your blessings. You acknowledge what their blessings are, even if they're not really seeing them and you feel genuine gratitude for their blessings. If you want to go to the next level, set aside five to 10 minutes every morning to go into the meditation. Like we just did call up an image of someone, someone that's easy at first, maybe building to someone neutral, and maybe if you really feel ready, maybe even calling up someone challenging. It's always recommended to start with people that you already can feel genuine happiness for whenever they're happy. Typically parents feel this way about their kids or with a pet, we're happy to see that tail wagging, such uncomplicated relationships. We start there because that generates the energy that we're looking for. But doing it as a meditation, like we just did a little bit in this podcast, is the traditional Buddhist way of doing mudita. So you're invited to do it that way this week if you like. And if you want to really be top of the class, you can make it a journaling practice. If you like journaling at night, you could look back on your day and record all the times that you did mudita that day. Who was it toward? How did it feel? Was it harder in some cases than others? What factors might have been at play to make it harder or easier? Or if you like journaling in the morning, you could look back at the prior day and record your observations. My darling, darling, do joy listeners, it is natural for your heart to feel heavy when you take in the news about what's going on in our world right now. Please be gentle and tender with your heavy heart. Do whatever helpful things you feel called to do. And in conjunction with that, maybe your mudita practice will keep you aware that in a world of duality, there is always sorrow and there is always joy. 
and will always be watering the seeds of reality creation with the powerful hose of our attention. Big, big love to you all. I'll see you next week. Joy comes in many flavors, but they all start with you being full on glorious you. If you'd like some personal love and support along your joy journey, find me at lisamccourt.com. And as you do your joy this week, remember that you elevating your vibration elevates the vibration of everyone around you and ultimately elevates the vibration of all humanity. Thank you for being a valued member of the team that's bringing more love and joy into the world. We need you. See you next week for Do Joy, the Vibration Elevation Podcast. Much love. I'm Rachel Corpus, an angel communicator, psychic medium, and host of the Angel Talk podcast. This show is meant to help you remember who you are, a limitless being with shoes and socks on. And along the way, we'll connect to people on the other side and experts in the field like authors, healers, animal communicators, and more. Listen to all my shows at Mind Body Spirit FM or wherever you get your podcasts.